0: It's time for Running Building, the game, the, building game, the game, with Jason, with
1: Jason, and, press, and, with friends. Jason and Friends, for tabletop the, table game, top is the with fun and friends. it's at the end of the episode, that's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, May 9th, and you'll seen listening to episode 519. As always, I'm your host, Jason, here today joined by my best pal in the whole world, at least that lives in North Carolina, julio hey jason how's it going it's going it's going well trying to think if i know anybody in north carolina that i should say that i like better than you but i don't think so i think we're all right so probably
0: not yeah remember josh lives in south carolina so
1: true yes yes and even if he lived in north carolina but she doesn't but if he did i still wouldn't like him that much (laughs) so what's been going on yeah i've been i've been keeping really busy over here with um you know getting ready for conventions and uh doing a bunch of pitches and stuff and uh yeah it's been um it's been a super busy time um and then to top things off while getting ready for convention my three d printer broke oh which was great so let me tell you a little story about that so uh when I say my three d printer broke i mean I broke my three d printer um So, so here's the funny story. This is, this is, you know, me, uh, being, being honest on the show. I could just say that it broke, but instead I'm going to tell you the truth, which is that I tried to load my 3d printer and it would start to pull in the, in the, um, filament and then it would stop. It was like, it was like, it was clogged. So I was like, Oh, it's a clog. Cool. So I, I heated it up high, tried to clear it out. Nothing would come out. So I was like, okay, well, that's really weird. Like it must be a really bad clog. So I thought I'll just pop the nozzle off. So in trying to pop the nozzle off, the the one thing that's really stupid about my printer, um, and I've come to learn that with this printer, every apparently a lot of people have had this problem, which is hmm. there's these two wires, and you have to like use um, pliers right next to those wires, like a wrench to hold it while you take off the nozzle. Well, I yeah. I broke the wire while trying to do that, um, so then nice. so then it wouldn't heat up. Well, I was able to like hold the wire in place so that I could verify what was wrong. So I checked everything. And when I held the wire in place, it temped up and everything looks like it should. Like, okay, so the wire's broken. I need this new piece. So looking up the piece, the best thing to do. Oh, there was another screw that I needed to take out to pop this piece off. (laughs) And I couldn't, like, I literally couldn't take the screw off. It was, it was like like between like filament getting in there and like melting and stuff it was not the screw the the allen wrench screw head was stripping trying to pull it out it was that bad no. even when i heated it up to like 270 which should make it easier to pull it out yeah nothing so i ordered the whole um the whole hot end which is the weirdest name for something on a 3d printer um yeah. and um and the the heater the thermistor and the heat sink it's all just one big piece yeah um And uh, I put it all in, got it all set, came with a new nozzle and everything, hook it all up. Took me a couple hours. I was really proud of myself. I watched the videos. I got through it. I didn't break anything else. Um, And I I was like, you know what? This is good. I've learned a lot about my printer. I go to put the same filament in, nothing. And I'm like, what the heck? So then I I start Googling, like, what could be the problems? And I look on Prusa's site. The first thing it says is the easiest thing to try is to cut the filament at a slant and try and put it back in and see if it was just the filament sticking. You know what, Julio? That's what it was. So I spent $84, (laughs) tons of my hours, and not printing for a week uh, when all I needed to do was cut the filament at an angle and put it back in. I've literally never had to do that before. It's never been an issue. Um, But the the there was, uh, I guess, a little bit of a bubble in the filament on the end of this one, because it had just like gotten hot before, it, you know, before it unloaded. And I just didn't realize that that like because that's never been an issue. before So, so.
0: builders, uh, what you learned here is that if you ever have a problem, just Google it first. If it's something technical, maybe you'll find a, a, a easy response before you do something. Yeah. Yeah. Expensive. In, huh?
1: in, to be fair, to be fair. The first thing it said that it was when I said this is the problem was the first thing it said was it's probably clogged, which I knew wasn't the case because there had never been filament run through it because it was all new. So that's why I was like, well, it's not clogged. So to be fair, if I Googled it, I probably still would have tried to take off the nozzle thinking well, maybe, it was clogged. maybe the
0: first one was clogged um, just just so you feel better.
1: <laughs> you know what? I was talking to my wife about it. And I was like, I mean, it could have been worse. I, I lost eighty four dollars, but Like I said, I have been, there's been like this, I really demystified the whole, like needing to take the printer apart and fix it. That has been terrifying me that I was going to have to do that at some point. So I feel like I at least can learn from it. And I feel so much more comfortable with like, I had to plug stuff into the circuit board and things, things I never wanted to have to do. And I did it with no problems. So yeah, it's interesting.
0: Once you start using that machinery, it, it you, 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 get used to it. And for me, on the other hand, I've definitely had, uh, also some problems. And even that one where the heat sink, uh, and the hot end was clogged and I had to buy one and that was the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole thing of, I've already originally spent maybe $210 on the 3d printer and I've already put. Over two hundred dollars on just extra stuff that I put into it, and you know, right, a, right. A, a better uh, <clears throat> circuit board and and stuff like that, and even a camera for for Wi-Fi and all that. So it's it's just uh, you know, as you like, you know, like with cars, right? If you're really mm-hmm. into cars, uh, once you start working on your own car, you know it more than anybody else, and and then you right. can start fixing and and doing things. Of course, as you as you learn, so. Yep. It, it, it is what it is, and it, it's it's worth it at this point because obviously it's a tool that we're using for for our yeah, craft.
1: Yeah. First thing I did was print up forty tokens that we're using for Minecart Madness for for uh, Geekway, nice. and I printed up these sweet little. I've actually showed these in the in the um in yep. the uh, the uh, Discord channel, but these little Minecarts I made. Yeah.
0: That, yep. I um, remember th- seeing those.
1: And uh, then I printed up these. Just they're just little circular tokens. Um, but was great was that I was able to make the exact size I needed extra thick. So they're easy to pick up. We're going to put stickers on them. um, And it was perfect. Like it was really, really cool to have like just to be able to just make that work. Um, Yeah. And so my printer was, I have a Prusa MK S plus. So like I have a very fancy printer. It's about a 1250 to $1,300 printer. I got it for 700 bucks. Yeah. And this is the first thing I've had to fix on it. I mean, I've spent hundreds of dollars in filament because like I, I buy filament from atomic filament. Shout out to atomic filament. It's a really good filament. Um, and it's like 29 bucks a roll, but it's fifty dollars, it's free shipping. And as, so in, could, roll,
0: as in roll as in as a kilogram.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like it's a nice kilogram roll of it. And um, so it's like I could spend $29 and seven to ten dollars shipping. Or I could spend $60 and get two rolls for free, like with free shipping. So, so I pretty much just, I mean, it just makes sense. Like you buy two colors that you need and then
0: that's, that's how they get you.
1: Right. But I mean, over time, I look at it this way. I would have likely bought as many colors as I have. And I would have paid an extra seven bucks shipping for each say on the low end. Yeah. Um, and that would have been a waste. So, what's
0: your what's your filament? What's your favorite filament? And we'll 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 talk more about other stuff, builders. I know that if you don't have for yeah. the you don't care. There but. are
1: there are a lot of people interested in this, though. To be fair, but so what's my favorite filament? You mean like? Oh, I, well, use, I only use PLA. Okay. Um, uh, I've only used PLA, and I've only used Atomic Filament brand with the one exception of when I printed this 3D Link um, character. Nice. Um, wow. I needed Link's skin tone. The best is there's no painting on this. It's all just in, it's all Man. just inlays and stuff. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so when I printed that I needed, uh, Link's skin tone, which is very pale. Um, and, uh, atomic filament does not make a skin tone, uh, like any sort of like pale skin tone color. So I had to go to Amazon for that and I was really nervous buying it. But it's turned out to be fine, you know? Yeah. The nice thing about always using the same brand of filament is the heat tolerances are exactly the same. Yeah, you don't have the to change the slicing and all that. Yeah. I, my daughter picked out this pink filament that's a little bit silkier. And I've noticed with that that the the the, the heat bed needs to be about 10 degrees hotter. Otherwise, it might not stick. Yeah. So that was a lesson I learned the hard way. Um. But the other thing that I do is every time I get a new filament, I print a Benchy for it. Um, so that I have a color match. So basically, nice. like on top of my, I can show you. I can't show the builders, but on top of my uh, printer, I've got that post that that yeah, big Lego world map, and above that is every color I have in a Benchy. That's um good. which is great because then when somebody wants something in a color, if I want something in a color, because as you know, you look at the filament roll, and that's not exactly what it's going to look like when it's printed. Um, I can just go, okay, these are the colors I want. Pop out the filament, and then make it. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing a lot of stuff with the filament, you know, like making all sorts of like holding cases and stuff and all sorts of fun things. So, yeah.
0: So at this point, yeah, you you bought them from this for design, but it's more like a toy maker to you.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like the, I printed a lot of component stuff for board games, too. Like, of course, yes, and yes, stuff. That's been really like, because there are games like Quacks of Quidlinburg that like I don't know that I'd ever play that game if I hadn't printed all the components like holders for it, because it makes the game so much more playable and easy to take out and put back together. Um, so yeah, so that yeah. kind of stuff I think is invaluable as well. And I printed some for friends too, which has been fun.
0: I mean, if at any point anything that you make save you money instead of buying it from somewhere else that's more expensive, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I go for it. I no, no judgment here. I've, yeah. I've, I've definitely don't use it as much for anything personal really i do remember like um i don't know if you'll ever play the game fall guys um it's like a like a racing battle royale game i don't know if you remember a couple maybe last year um but the 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 guys in this game they're they're very odd looking they're like beans with hands and legs Mm -hmm. um but the custom you can customize it to you know, infinitely, like so many colors and, and stripes mm-hmm. and different things. So what I did is uh, we had some friend, my best friend and, and his family coming over. And I printed all uh, a lot of them white. Is- and we just got together around the table and just painted them however we wanted to paint them. That's fun. Um, That's and I also printed out a, a, a crown because whenever you win the, the game, a mm-hmm. match, you win a crown. And whenever we play a board game, we have our little fall guy and and you give whoever last won the game has the crown. So it's a nice little game that we we have going on there. A game inside a game.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: Now, speaking of tools, um, I am getting very excited because a couple of months ago I talked about a laser cutter.
1: Yeah, called... I looked at that. I thought about getting that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's called the X Tool M1. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's an entry level uh laser cutter, but not not like a Glowforge um because just for comparison's sake, a Glowforge has uh I think it's like a 40 or 50 watt laser um and it's a I think it's a carbon diode laser or something like that, carbon laser. Uh mm-hmm. and and Dimension wise, it's probably like three and a half, four feet long, and maybe two feet wide. So it's a huge piece of machine, and it's yeah yeah, you know, yeah. cost cost wise it's five thousand dollars, three thousand to five thousand dollars. Right, right. This one I got it. Uh, you know, I I backed it on Kickstarter. I got like mm-hmm. the there's a ten watt. So you know, it's a smaller laser, but it's a diode laser. Um, and it's like uh, I think it's twenty, thirty two. Thirty-two by no thirty-six by t- by twenty-two, no, mm-hmm. no, that's not true. Uh twenty-two <laughs> by. Anyway, it's kind of like a bigger size printer. Uh so you right, can fit right. inside of it. You can fit up to the twelve by twelve inches. Okay. Um. So it's it's something a little more manageable and price wise, it, it cost like me with. Th- was it about a thousand. thousand bucks
1: or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was I, a thousand. I strongly, strongly considered it, but it was it was more than I could justify at the time <laughs> to spend on that.
0: No, it's funny you know? because the, the whole thing with this one is that you can do uh la- cut, laser cutting, you can do engraving, and it also has a, a knife tool. So remember, I have the brother Scannon Cut uh, mm-hmm. that can cut up to three mill- millimeters of, of uh, shipboard. This mm-hmm. one also has a blade that can cut, you know, not as thick. It's like but a cricket, course, right? It's kind yeah. of like a cricket. Yeah. But yeah, so basically it has like a cricket functionality and the laser, laser mm-hmm. as well. Um, so they've been sending out the rewards on that. And a lot of people are starting to get it. So I've been, I've been really excited because, um, I'll, there's a group and people have been posting what they've been doing and, mm-hmm. and of course there's a learning curve, right? So like mm-hmm. the program and everything involved to how to make it. And of course it's very customizable with, because like, uh, with a laser, with a laser, um, 3d printer, you have to think about the, the heat the you know the heat of your bed and the the right, how, right, how right. hot your your filament is going to be and stuff like that and this one is kind of the intensity of the laser how fast is your laser moving and stuff like that uh and of course it really differs on the kind of material and there's a lot of material that right, you can use right. so so it's a it's really cool and i'm excited to get it so something i'll be i'll be playing around with in the coming months once i get it I'm probably still That's like cool. one to two months uh out but actually today Oddly enough, I got one of the material packages that was in my, on my pledge, but no laser. Oh, so, that's so, funny. Look, what so, am I supposed
1: to do with this?
0: <laughs> but it's cool because that means that, you know, hopefully the laser's on its way or, or something along those lines.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was joking. My friend Kelly uh, Hoagland, he got. Uh, He ordered all the Marvel United stuff this time around and he got the play mat in the mail, but he hasn't gotten the games yet. So he's like, what am I going to do with this?
0: (laughs) Well, just uh, set it up on your table and wait for the game to arrive. It does
1: look really pretty. So, um, but no, I, I, that's awesome. I'm glad you got that. And I hope it works out for you. I'm thinking about, I'll see how this next year goes with physical prototypes and stuff. The uh, cricket is certainly something that's on my list of like things that could be useful. um you know for stuff like chipboard and stuff like that just being able to do those things and um you know to save myself the time of yeah it
0: it is i mean the it it is a a good tool to have like i said i already have the brother cannon cut which was four hundred dollars i think and i have used it quite a lot but i still haven't made my money back you know um yeah that's good to know
1: i mean I, the crickets I think are two 250 300 bucks yeah but they're the ones they, I was looking at
0: they can go up to like uh 1.5 millimeters so it's not okay. as thick as you might think yeah
1: okay that's good to know that's good to know yeah no I mean I I'll certainly do a bunch of research before I buy that I mean I was looking for a 3d printer for quite a while before I bought the one I bought yeah I remember um because I finally just found one that was twice as much money as I wanted to spend but was. <laughs> a really good deal and it was worth it it. so you know um yeah Yeah. it's this whole conversation around tools for um you know board games it's not our topic but like um it is (laughs) it's something that's really yeah i so it's a it's a great conversation but for anybody you know everybody listening so our topic tonight is we're just going to kind of talk through some housekeeping type of stuff of things we've been doing um things we're getting ready to do how stuff's been going design wise um, Julio and I like to do that every once in a while if we can and we've been busy uh, you've been at the gathering I'm going to Geekway we've just got a lot of stuff to talk about so
0: yeah yeah um, for sure um, but I'll, I'll
1: always talk about 3D printing and stuff like that because I, I love hearing about tools people are using uh, for for making prototypes and things like that because yeah it's just it's super interesting to me and I love to learn from it you know to see what other people are doing and uh, you know yeah
0: I mean, just thinking back uh, five years ago when I first started, how much I searched on eBay and Etsy and so many different places, you know, Game Crafter, uh, uh, about the, the components that I needed for my games. Mm-hmm. And as you all know, a lot of my games early on were very physical and some of them still are. But it was interesting because some of them needed really specific shaped uh, components and yeah. I you know I found them and I was able to get them at a price you know at a higher price and stuff like that mm-hmm. but but just and now it's just kind of well that's n- that's not the lim- limitation uh so so it is interesting looking back at, at how things used to be and how they are now
1: right right it's funny i you know getting all this stuff together for the one prototype and getting another prototype ready for Geekway and the thing that's saving the day is my laminator <laughs> <laughs> because we needed to create, Michael Wasbrock and I are working on a game, and we needed to be able to create a way to transfer a map to a play sheet without you having to redraw it every time. So we're literally making the player sheet right because it's a roll and write. So for the one player, they have a player sheet in the middle of it. He's going to put a grid, and I'm going to cut the grid out and then laminate the sheet. So there's a hole in it with the you know the just the lamination yeah. sheet there. And then use permanent marker to draw the grid back on there. Nice. And then you'll be able to just overlay it on top of this sweet map here we have. Uh, oh. You'll be able to overlay it and then just trace the location you're in. Um, so that'll be really cool. And uh, it's just funny, you know, I I'm like, I'm like, oh, I could 3D print a grid thing that we could lay down to trace. And I was like, Jeez. I could literally just use permanent marker on laminate and just do it. Yeah, sometimes
0: we just want an excuse to use our fancy tools. Right, right. But, you know, for those builders out there that don't have any of these tools, there's
1: definitely a way to do everything. And sometimes there's even smarter ways to do it. Yeah, the the biggest thing I would say is if you can afford, if you're doing games that involve roll and writing, roll and write, any sort of thing where you're going to be using, like writing on sheets over and over again, laminators are super cheap. Like getting yourself a laminator, like a decent, like hot laminator, with and like i bought 500 pouches for like 30 bucks off amazon and i've laminated a lot of stuff both personal for the kids and you know because the kids now love to laminate their artwork and stuff to save it (laughs) which is fine because i've not even put a dent in that 500 that i paid 30 bucks for um nice yeah and so so i do a lot of roll and write stuff i also like to play a lot of roll and write games so every roll and write game i have i i laminate and so um yeah, th- that's been a really that's been a tool I did not expect to be as as useful as it was, but it's been super useful.
0: Well, I don't have one, so you clearly don't need a laminator, builders.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because I would think you know you would care more about the environment and not wasting a bunch of paper, being that you're like a park ranger. Well, that's so. the
0: thing. I don't I don't do rolling rights, so there's that. That's Fair, yeah.
1: <laughs> Some people just aren't 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 able to do those.
0: Yeah, those are really hard. <laughs> uh, so, so um, let, they let's, can be. Let's let's get uh, uh, I guess uh, some upkeep here. What's what's been going on? So obviously, before uh, my last episode, I was getting ready to, uh, for the gathering, mm-hmm. and and for those of you that don't know, the gathering is uh, is a convention held in uh, Niagara Falls, New York. Uh, it's held by Alan Moon, the designer of Ticket to Ride. Um, and it's it's essentially a, an invite only convention. Um, it's been going on for I think thirty. This year was year thirty three, um, and it just started as a group of Alan's friends, and and it has grown little by little from there. And at this point, I think there were about three hundred and some people uh, mm-hmm. at the convention. Um, but it is a ten day convention. Um, which is insane (laughs) it is it is and especially because it's 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 really a a gathering that's i mean there's a lot of people but there's not like a schedule or anything it's just people playing games Mm -hmm. and a lot of them playing games and of course there's some uh uh, business going on and stuff like that obviously i was there to pitch games and all that
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: unless you don't you don't contact people in advance to set things up there's really all you're going to be doing there is play games which is awesome um and i did do some of that of course um i did not go for the 10 days i you know i don't, uh, with a with a pregnant this, wife and a toddler at home that was out of the
1: take i'm curious I, i'm curious how many people actually do go for the full time um,
0: um i don't i don't think a lot of them but some definitely do i know john gilmore was there and i think he was there for the full 10 days um, so uh, there's definitely a couple people that that's obviously a, a, a great opportunity for for them and for everybody, and and it's just they just want to be playing games, and of course, mm-hmm. is held in April as well, so that gives you a little time before the big conventions start happening, um, especially when it comes to you get to play a lot of games that are coming up for the year, uh, mm-hmm. so so that's that's obviously uh, pretty cool, um, so for me. Uh, that I think the gathering started on April 7th to the 17th. And I went there from the 12th to the 17th. Um, and before going to the gathering, I was working on my micro Olympics. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I remember those. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, I ended up, you know, being able to play test those and bringing them up to a point that I was very happy with them. And like I said, I had the, the, micro basketball, volleyball, archery, mm-hmm. swimming, fencing, um, and, uh, I forget. I think I said six, maybe I, I missed one. Um, fencing, you oh, wrestling, said wrestling. Wrestling. You made a, you yeah. said wrestling, wrestling. Yeah. So, so of course, those are uh 18 card games and there's six of them so there's 108 cards so i made Mm -hmm. uh six games in two decks of cards uh of course the thing with this and the thing that was more dread, more most dreading was uh doing the rules for those (laughs) yeah but it ultimately awful I mean, it was sort of and obviously it took some time, but um, it essentially was one page for the base system, which was mm-hmm. you know the whole thing I had talked about with the the way the game played for all of them, and then one page for each game explaining the sense. whole r- rule yeah. set. So you know, even though it's 108 cards, there's seven pages of rules. You know, right. but, but but if you're playing you have a game, to read
1: all every time. Exactly, right? exactly. So if you're
0: list. if you're only playing one game, you only it's two pages every time right 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 um so and of course once you play one is only one page per game um so so i was glad that i was able to do that and of course with that being 108 cards i was able to bring a couple of copies of that uh, i think mm-hmm. i brought like four um and then i was just trying to get as many of my games that i know that i've pitched and i've sent to other publishers and i didn't ju- i didn't have copies <laughs> you know available right, so right. so getting back into making all these physical prototypes because yeah. I was meeting with people was mm. was my main priority. Um, and, of course, it was uh, odd just kind of getting to yeah. doing all this again. And it, But at the same time, it, it was fun. That's kind of what really got me into the hobby in the first place, just being able to make things physically and, and mm-hmm. having fun with them. Um, so at this point, I, I I think I posted something on Twitter uh, about my my uh, bag of games. It was I think I had like twenty two games, and you know, in indiv- like individual games, not with without the duplicates. Right, um, right, right. And at the gathering, without uh, I, I may have shown or just talked about or pitched uh, maybe. 18 you know 15 to to 20 of the 22 that i brought mm-hmm. so there was there was a lot of good conversation on, uh, on on everything that i that i brought and um i had between those five days um oh before i say anything else i want to give a shout out to mark specter from grand gamers guild um we worked out so he he had a hotel room uh there and and he had planned to stay for the whole gathering but he had to leave early um and i was able to stay at his room um nice uh and and kind of alternate and he there was another roommate that never came back and stuff like that so it was I, I essentially we were able to split the room in a very game designery way where nice. <laughs> we were so so that was that was cool so shout out to to mark on that thank very you very cool um, uh, but going back to that, so it was five days and, and I had, I think, uh, at least two meetings a day, um, uh, uh, you know, so, and I think the day I had the most meetings was maybe four or five. Um, and it went from mass market publishers all the way to, you know, just, uh, uh, smaller publishers, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I showed, uh, you know, the Microlympics games and I, I show, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to go through everything that I showed obviously already, right, right. but ultimately I had some interest. I did have some, you know, rejections, of course, like mm-hmm. I like go I did have the coolest thing about the gathering is like, since it's such a lax convention, mm-hmm. I actually got to play fully a lot of my prototypes That's when I nice. was pitching. Yeah. One of the funniest ones is that I was pitching to a mass market publisher, and I pitched to them online in the past, and it's essentially been 30 minutes to pitch four games, and, and uh-huh. they're, you know, okay, start, that, that, we're not right. interested in stuff like that. Right, This right. one, I was pitching three games, and we played all three games, and they were all 30 to 45 minutes. Wow. So, so yeah. it it was it was three hours of of just and and then there was some interest in in at mm-hmm. least one of them. So that was good, but it was so odd for me because I was like, "Are right. you sure?" I was like, "Are you sure you want to play the full game?" And yeah, yeah. I mean, right, I have right. time. So, but but it was funny because uh, uh, that that happened and yeah, um, you know, and of course from a design perspective, um, I also uh, brought some games that I was working on uh especially i know i already talked about like my game that's going to be on kickstarter later this year peanut butter belly time um right so so i had some some things that i wanted to test at the gathering and i was able to do that and um uh, Steph uh, Hodge uh, from Old Meeples of the Rainbow. She she posted a little blog post and and showed that she played the game and stuff like nice. that. So that that'll be uh, fun for it to come out uh, when when it comes out. But uh, on that side, the the publisher, which is a peanut butter company, uh, they already kind of signed a contract with the manufacturer. So so mm-hmm. there it's it's definitely going to be something that's going to be happening. Um, right. But they're gonna go through the Kickstarter route, just just you know to to pay for the other end of of what they need. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be really really exciting. That's um, really cool. Um. So um. And and then there was a part of of playing games. Um. Like I played a lot of, I mean, a lot, a couple of upcoming games, um, and some new release games. Uh, one that was. Really cool was uh, one of uh, Buffalo Games. Uh, Emma Larkins is having a game coming out from them um, called Starry Starry Night. Um, I think it was it was called, but mm-hmm. it it's a uh, it's a game about uh, discovering stars and it has this little um, ticket to ride feel to it. It was cool. is really interesting and I I really enjoyed that one and um, and of course uh, there was one from AEG. Um that was like a visiting Japan theme mm-hmm. and the designer is, Josh is his name, I forget his last name, but he's like a super Japan, like he speaks Japanese and, and all that uh, oh, but nice. you know, he's American, but he knows the culture inside and out so there was a lot of love that went into this game and it's a engine building game that you only use your engine once and it's at the end of the game um, oh
1: wow that's really interesting
0: it, it is it is um and, and and the game was fun and and you know we obviously it was still a work in progress and we get some mm-hmm. good feedback but i enjoyed that one um and and then cool. i played some games with just people that i met there um one of the cool mm-hmm. things about the gathering is that they have uh like a lanyard system especially with new people whenever it's your first gathering you have like a red lanyard uh, and oh, that cool. lets everybody know that this is your first time, so people are a little extra friendly right um <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i nice. re- I remember uh you know I think I mentioned it like on my my first gathering last year um i I went into the room I was walking around and and somebody said, "Hey, you want to play a game and 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 I sat and that was um uh, tom tom basil was the was there yeah. and 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 from scorpion mask and and then katia from board game art creations and it was it was a, a cool experience and and now i was kind of on the other side right because oh this is not my first gathering so i was able to be right, right. uh that uh inviting <laughs> voice on on everybody that was new there um but yeah. uh, i mean uh, is there do you have it? because i know it's something that people don't really talk about much so it, is there any anything that you're you're curious about
1: no no i mean i i know enough people to go that i've heard a lot about it um yeah i mean it's obviously a really interesting and unique opportunity to be able to chat with all the people and have that time there to just kind of chill out and play games and show games and you know do stuff like i think it's i think it's super i think it's a super good opportunity
0: i i played another game um and and you know talking about the opportunity because i i was setting up one of my games that i had signed three years ago and the game was returned to me and since Mm. it was returned i hadn't really right worked on it right so i wanted to just set it (laughs) up (laughs) <laughs> right right and that's something that we'll probably have to talk about in the in the future in a future yeah, episode yeah. um but i two people came by and and i said hey do you want to play i'm just setting up to to test and there were people from um from a, a publisher the hashtag group um they're in france and and you know they enjoyed it It wasn't for them and stuff like that but right they gave some good feedback and then i tested one of their games that's coming out uh, with uh, some of the people, uh, some of the people from the OP, and this game, I think mm-hmm. it might have been it might have been the, the I think it might have been the highlight. It's it's called Evidence, um, and the game. It, the reason why they call it Evidence is because in French and and English is written the same. Um, oh, okay, and it's essentially you are a part of an organization that tries to solve cold cases. Oh, cool. Um, but the thing is that at least in this first box there's three cases but the cases are just maybe a deck of cards i know the one that we worked was 50 cards but what you do is you take the 50 cards and you just mm-hmm. dump them on the table and and you try to solve the case oh. so all every card wow. is a different piece of evidence that's uh, cool It it is and it worked really well the only thing that we're still working on is kind of what the solution and how to proceed with the solution base. Mm-hmm. But the whole system and the people that are doing th- these, uh, these puzzles, because they're puzzles of course, kind of like uh, e- are doing a really good job on it. And, and that was a lot of fun. It, you know, it took like an hour and stuff, but you kind of think like a uh, Sherlock Holmes consulted detective, where you have a book and you're looking for the information on that book. But this one is just, it's more visual. You know, there's some reading, but there's a lot of visual uh, elements on
1: these cards, and you're trying to like them too.
0: Yeah, you know, of course, you know, you know how I am with language-independent stuff. But uh, well, and
1: it's just, I mean, it's just good form for you know, I mean, you got 50 cards; they got a bunch of text on them. Nobody wants to read all that, right? I mean, someone does, but (laughs) most people don't. I feel like it's a fair statement.
0: And, and I know the art wasn't final, but of course, as a designer, I, I don't think it's something that I would be able to do because the art is very important in this whole system and just yeah. the critical thinking behind it uh, so you can link it to different things and come out to the different solutions in different ways. It's something That's,
1: that... Yeah, those types of games always boggle my mind of like how you design the game that requires such specific artwork because it's it's hard right like kelly Mm -hmm. and i had that game we pitched to the we did for the button shy contest which still is judging um where like you know you had to have this exact shapes of people and stuff to make it work yeah and we just had to hire somebody to make the art because there was no way to 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 make the game otherwise with with our skill level of artwork right yeah yeah. um so, so so yeah that's always amazing to me (laughs)
0: so uh that was that was a that was a fun one i did play uh dice miners twice i think it's a game that was pretty popular and you know i enjoyed it um um, and uh one other thing that happened is i was i played a game with a publisher Mm -hmm. uh and that publisher had signed a game with mr roscoe shock um yeah yeah and and we were testing another one of his games uh, and we, we played it and, you know, and I gave feedback and it was some, some good conversation went on. And of course I still spoke with Roscoe afterwards, not that's, <laughs> yeah. but you know, after one of our meetings, um, and, and, and that was, that was cool. Just getting his feedback on what I played and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, so I'm excited for him and, and that whole thing he's got going that's on cool. with that publisher as a good opportunity.
1: Very cool. Yeah. And Roscoe is a super good dude with a lot of really good ideas. So.
0: Yep. So cool. I I, really cool. I I've been talking for a while. So what's what's been going on with you now? You're seems like you're gonna be getting ready to to do some stuff.
1: Yeah. So we're getting ready for Geekway. Um, I've got three main games that I want to test at Geekway. I was I had a party game I was really hoping to put together in time. It's a super simple party game i'm just not gonna have time so i'm super bummed about that because i really wanted to do it so instead i'll just try and have that ready for gen con not for pitching but just for showing off and getting feedback um but i so in the last uh few weeks i was uh i've been working on getting ready for geekway we've got three games to to test there um we were testing specifically um before the light dies which is what michael wasbrock and i are working on which is a uh, an asymmetrical, uh, two player game where one person is stranded in the wilderness and the other person is trying to save them. Um, and the only resource you have as the stranded person is a satellite powered cell. I'm sorry. A, um, a, uh, solar powered cell phone, uh, satellite phone (sighs) that is, um, broken. Uh, so GPS doesn't work. So they can't tell where you are. Uh, you can't tell where you are. Um, and the speaker is broken. You can only communicate (laughs) with emojis. Um, and so like not really emojis, emojis, but like symbols and stuff. So you're trying to communicate to this person who can talk to you. The person can talk to you. They can give you information. They can, they can send you pictures of skills and stuff to try and teach you how to survive. Uh, but in the meantime, you have to survive, attempt to scout around you to figure out where the heck you are and get them to come get you before, before the sun sets on the last day, um, cool. in which case the winter starts in your dead. So um,
0: <laughs> is, is this a, a code design?
1: Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, so this was, I, I, um, I'd wanted to do, I had written down the name before the light dies and thought of an asymmetrical co-op where it's just one person stranded, one person trying to search for you. And I have been stuck on that. Like I literally have had that written down for two years, I think, on my whiteboard that I wanted to make a roll and write game like that. Um and uh yeah. And um he uh I he was talking about some games he was working on that were very wildernessy and I was like hey I take a take a look at this game and he had some amazing ideas for it that let me jump right in and um and I was like oh my gosh, yeah like this is this is what this works. So We've been having a really fun time like we played for several weeks, just playing the communication system, trying to locate somebody on a map with very limited information. Um, And uh, and that's been super fun. Uh, So we're going to be testing it for the first time in person with all the bells and whistles uh, at Geekway. Um, And it'll be it'll be the first time anybody but him and I have played it. interesting so um so so thinking
0: about thinking about last week's episode with brian which by the way brian that was that was a great episode i definitely yes um, yes i definitely connected with it because at at the same time you know uh, i i I have felt and sorry for the for the tangent but i have felt like uh there's there's a lot of pressure to you know always do better and better and better Mm -hmm. and and of course there's a lot of people that are doing better and and you kind of feel like well I'm, I'm falling behind that kind of thing so that was a that was a great one definitely some retrospective and 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 thank you for that um uh, hopefully it's not the last time that he's on the podcast so great job. yeah no
1: i hope not either it was a really fun episode and he had a lot of really good things to say about everything and uh yeah it was a good combo
0: yeah so um, so um i guess what why did i bring that up what were you talking about <laughs>
1: i i don't know i, I guess what, one of the things i was talking about was that i'd had that game sitting there for a long time and then when i finally saw who i thought might have some good ideas around it i showed it to them and then they did they, so um so i don't know if that's what you were pinging off from about like you know waiting no, for the I, right time I, no, I don't know no 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 oh. I, I go ahead was it about being the first time we're going to show it to other people?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, so so when when you said that and and hopefully it won't be like the the whole uh, it, it just burns to the ground, but it You know what?
1: It, I'm actually not even worried about it because good. I know that it won't because we even though it's just been the two of us, like we've thoroughly tested the game and the biggest fear that I have is that people just have a steep learning curve to it? because they didn't design it, you know, and like the communication system is rough. Like, I mean, you have like 20 cards to choose from with symbols on them. You have one copy of each card and you have to attempt to communicate pretty complex ideas about where you are. Um, and, and like, it was a steep learning curve for us, but we picked up on it pretty quick. Like after like a a week or two of playing it, um, so it'll be really interesting to see like how other people, I, I, w- I really want to have Kelly Hoagland try it and hopefully Nate Daugherty, um, And then just some other people who are there. Um, but those are two people I have on a priority list that I really want their opinion on it. Um, good. Cause I feel like it's a game that'll speak to them and I feel like they'll get it. Um, you know, so no,
0: no pressure to them. Right.
1: right. <laughs> Kelly right, is a fantastic like, playtester like tester <laughs> who always has really good feedback. So Kelly's always one of the first people you know, was that also as a designer and stuff that I like to go to for, for first play tests. Um, so then the other two games that I've got um, that we're going to be taking are perfectly parceled, which is our mm-hmm. tile laying uh, building game. Um, that one is by Neil Kelly and I um, and Kelly and I are going to be testing that there. Uh, I was able to show that to a publisher this week. Oh. Um, they had some really good feedback and some, some interesting. So I actually thought going to show it to them that it was probably just going to be a no go. Like I kind of was like, yeah, they're. I don't think they're going to like it, but like, let's show it to them anyways. Cause I do think it could fit their line. Um, and so we showed it to them and he really liked it to the point where he was like, are you showing this to anyone else right now? Like I'd like a chance for us to play this in person before you, you know, before somebody else took it. And I was like, well, that's a, not a bad sign. Right. <laughs> like, it's never bad when they say that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, right now we're, you know, we're we're certainly, you know, willing to wait a few weeks. We're going to do some more testing with it um, and try to see what we could do with their suggestions. It changes a couple. It changes one thing about the game that's a little bit core with the scoring. Um, but I actually don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it's going to make the game do what it needs to do. Um, but it, it's a it's a change that, like, you know, all three of us co-designers have to get on board with and make sure that we are we think it's all going to work right. Um, and then the last game is Minecart madness, um, which, um, Kelly and I, um, pitched to a publisher this week. Um, and that one, um, that publisher, like, I I think that they could be interested in it. They weren't like immediately, like, yes, like we, like the, the person was like, you know, this isn't a game where I'm like, yes, this needs some development, but I want to develop it with you. Like, I don't think I'm there yet. They said, but here's a few things you could try if you wanted. It was like the most low-pressure feedback ever because they were like, you know your game better than me. I don't want to tell you how to fix it. But if it was me, and based on some of the things you've told me, I think you could try this and see if you liked it or not. And it was really good. Basically, in the game, you've got mine carts, and then you've got these treasures that you collect along the way. Like, there's 15 unique treasures. You need X number of unique treasures to exit the mine that you're trapped in. Okay, and then you win the game, um, and then there's these power-up cards you can get. And he was like, when you pitch the game to me, I expected that the treasures were going to be the power-ups because we had said it was inspired by Mario Kart, um, and it never occurred to us. It's such a simple idea that the treasures actually have like you just basically have like a code breaker for what each treasure does, mm-hmm. and then you don't even have to buy these cards. So he like greatly simplified. Um, with a couple comments was able to greatly simplify how the game needs to work and what the component load is Um, so that was really exciting Um, and so we're going to be that's why I was printing those tokens because we're going to be trying that out at Geekway um, because I think it's really promising and then he gave some really funny feedback and he was really hesitant to give this but I want to share it because he so this is what he said he said I want to give you this feedback but I'm afraid it's too harsh right? And so it's like, "Oh, okay, you have my attention, right?" <laughs> and then what he said was really weird and interesting in a good way, I thought. He said, "This feels like a game that somebody pitched to me in the mid-90s to early 2000s." Huh. Um, he said and what in what, and, and then he kind of paused, and I was like, "Okay, like like I get where he's going with this, but like I don't feel insulted by that at all, right?" Um, And he's saying games have journeyed beyond that. Right. Mm. He said, if you had pitched me this game in the mid nineties, I would have bought this game immediately. This is exactly what my company wanted to publish. He said, but now I don't know if that's exactly what we're doing. Um, But he was like, how do you feel when I tell you that? Because he was like, that was back when games were like Ameritrash and euros. And I was like, well, first of all, I'm a proud designer of Ameritrash because I think Ameritrash games are great. Um, but I understand why some people like feel offended by that term. I'd never have. Um, but he, you know, he said, how do you feel about that? And I said, well, man, like it was inspired by a nineties video game. Like, so the <laughs> fact that like you get that vibe from it, I said, that feels spot on to me. And then he kind of was like, oh yeah, yeah, no, cool. Good point. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I don't mind that, you know, like, you know, that it feels a little like zany action adventure that might not be exactly what people are designing right now. Like it, it had a certain inspiration for it. And, yeah. and clearly we hit the mark on that. And maybe that means yeah. it ends up not being for, for their company. And I'm completely comfortable with that. Right. Um,
0: no, but that's but a good I do, point. That's a good yeah. point.
1: Yeah. But, but I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, when he was like, this might be harsh. And I was like, no, lay it on me because, um, had he not told me what he was thinking, I, I would have thought that it was like something really bad. And well, again, maybe some designers would be like, oh my gosh, that's awful. I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm whatever I'm in. So, um, so yeah, so he basically said, I want to see this. I think I want to see this again. If you get the stuff working and you feel like it, it's going to hit those notes better. And I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. So, so we're going to try that. If it fits well, we'll bring it back and show him. Uh, if he's not interested, then we'll just keep pitching it around. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't get super concerned about it anymore. This is a company I'd really like to work with. Um, but
0: so yeah. when is Gateway to the West
1: next weekend? So, um, so if uh. you're listening to the show, it's this coming weekend. Okay, so it is. Okay. I'm leaving Thursday at 4 a.m. Um, and uh, going down uh, Friday morning, sorry, at 4 a.m. Uh, and it actually worked out because I was going to drive the seven-hour drive by myself. And um, my mom was like, are you going by yourself? And I said, yeah. And she's like, you know, my her twin sister lives down that way. She's uh. like, could <laughs> I go with you? Like, And she's like, I'll just meet my sister. And so they're actually staying in the same hotel I'm staying in. But they're just like, she's just hanging out. And then on Sunday, uh, we'll just drive back together. So that's cool. actually kind of nice not to have to yeah. drive a seven-hour drive by myself like I was planning on you know so um and the and, kids won't be there so it's not like you know it's then it's when the seven hour drive by yourself feels all right right and with
0: with her sisters i mean i don't know how long the, if, if they hanged out a lot since the pandemic so that's cool
1: yeah yeah no they've oh, they've seen each other i think twice since the pandemic started but it's just a long drive and you know my mom doesn't want to drive that far by herself usually and so
0: hey worked out
1: so, you know, she feels like I'm doing her a favor, but like, I, I don't mind not having to spend all that time by myself either. It's just nice to have a second driver just in case, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Just don't make her drive the whole way yeah. and you sleep. No, and, no. and while you cut cards and sleep cards and yeah, stuff like that. No, no, no You know no. what? She actually loves cutting
1: and sleeving cards. Oh, really? So like, if I don't have that done, she'll be sleeving cards the whole way down she won't care. Like when, back before like Gen Con, like 2019, she happened to be here at our house, um, and I was home and she was home and I was like, oh, I have to do all this. Like I have to unsleeve all these cards and then cut these all out and then see these. She's like, make a pile. Just tell me which ones go where. She's like, I'm on it. I was like, okay. She sat and watched a movie and sleeved like 400 cards for me. That's it was great. Awesome. And she enjoyed it. And I saved a ton of time and got other stuff done. At that time. so I was very thankful for her
0: well maybe maybe uh, and, and of course you'll you'll have some good conversations along the way but yeah, the, yeah. the the reason why I was asking I guess is because did you do you have any any um, meetings set up for geekway we we
1: have not um okay. so um, you know with the um if there's any publishers there which i know there will be some and we can we can show them the games uh, i wouldn't hesitate to do that um michael and i's game i I, we're kind of holding off a little bit because the game is really different and really interesting and like i i I want us to find the right fit for that game like to publish with right because it's the theme is different like i just i want to i don't know i i've i really want us to kind of research and figure out which publisher we think is the best fit for that we've got some ideas and none of those publishers will be there so um well, for again, the
0: other t- it, you're gonna you're gonna be testing a lot, and that's kind of the, a, a good objective to have, especially with the newer games that you you've been working on. Right,
1: and then with the um, with the other two games, you know, the uh, perfectly parcelled and My Cart Madness, we'll certainly show those to publishers if they're available and they're interested in seeing it. Um, for that though, the other really goal is getting some just a lot of playtesting in and really feeling like we're getting some live in person playtesting. because exactly. None of those games have had good like Minecraft Madness, the current version we're playing, which is like very far removed from the original game that I designed. That was like a Mario Kart style racing game down tracks. This is this is a little more like zany and open and crazy. It's it's madness for sure. A lot more madness than it was before (laughs) Um, with that. We've never made a physical prototype of that game. So we're, you know, we've made the first one and they're perfectly parceled other than Neil Kelly and I playing the heck out of it together when we were in person, I've only done one physical play test of that game outside of that, um, which was with some friends um, at Ken Franklin's house um, a a month or so ago. And that was great. Like watching the people in person playing was just so great um, that I really look forward to doing that um, with some others. And it's just just
0: like old times
1: yeah right right except (laughs) we'll probably have masks on um because uh geekway is requiring masks um in the main area and then they will have a play test they'll have a a game room with mask a game room without mask super respect that um i'll be in the one with masks um but um and they're requiring vaccinations as well uh, I was gonna go to Origins, and then Origins just decided that you don't have to wear masks. <laughs> yeah, um, I heard about that. Vaccinations are required, but they they dropped the mask thing. Um, and you know, we and I were talking about this before the show started. They they did it. You know, it's it's a little ways out still, but um, vendors, it's too late for vendors to drop and yeah. stuff without losing their money and things. And so, I um I'm a little frustrated with that um and so i was kind of on the fence about going and that was an easy you know what nope i'm out <laughs> i'm just not yeah. gonna go um
0: yeah and that bums yeah. me out
1: because origins is one of my favorites because it's 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 not too small right it's not too big you know it's, but it's it like, is a
0: big convention you know it's, it's you just, it, but it is a big convention I guess, you know, I think of that as
1: big, but like, well,
0: I'm just comparing it to so my first convention was Tantrum Con, right? Uh, And they did something similar. But it was like three days before the convention yeah. because that, the the that, state the state of North Carolina dropped the mask mandate, so right. they kind of went with with that. So that was like I mean over a little over five hundred people, and I still mm-hmm. you know a lot of the people were still wearing masks, but some weren't. Um, but you know I had my 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 son with me, and 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 so, and my wife was there as well, of course, and 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 that was a little stressor that we didn't really right. need. It ended right. up being fine, but you know for origins right. we're talking about thousands of people, right? Um, yeah, it just yeah. multiplies things. So,
1: yeah, and so, so like I said, it was an easy decision to just not go to Origins. Geekway will be a few hundred people, I'm assuming, maybe 500 at the most. Yeah. Um, I probably less though. So I bet it's around 300 or so. And then I am gonna go to Grand Con later this year. Cool. Um, which won't require masks. I'm confident because last year they didn't have any safety protocols in place, even though everyone else did. Um, <laughs> uh, but I my My thought with that was that I could, you know, it's big and open there. Have you been to Grand Con? I have not. Okay. So it's, it's essentially one big open room. Like, uh, like, you know, if you go to like a craft show or something, you know, and they've got like the huge open, it's one of those rooms.
0: Would you say it's a grand room?
1: It is a grand room. Yes. All of the, uh, all of the vendors are on the outside walls. And then in the middle, there's a huge area where you can play games. And that's the whole convention. There's a couple smaller rooms outside of that. So sitting in that big open area, like and playing games, I feel pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, Gen Con is something I, I'm nervous about. Um, I'm going to be doing some demos at Gen Con um, for for Tier Nanag uh, for Mark Spector. Um, for, that's Isaac and I's game that Grand Gamers Guild is publishing, and so I'm going to be doing some some demos of that. Um, but he had said, "Hey, do you want to work in the booth?" And I was like, "You know what? I don't I don't know how I'm going to feel about that." You know, and uh, um. And he was like, he was like going through like all the COVID stuff. Well, you know, you can have your mask and blah, blah, blah. And everybody, I was like, oh no, no, no. Like, it's not even that. It's, I have not been in a room with that many people in two plus years. And I wasn't super comfortable with it two plus years ago. Like I, (laughs) I don't like a lot of people around me. Um, and like, I don't know, that just honestly seems like panic attack city for me. (laughs) So I was like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. (laughs)
0: builders now you know when you see jason at gen con make sure to give him a big old hug
1: that doesn't bother me that doesn't bother me at all it's in a group
0: in a group like every builder just make sure to meet five minutes before at the at the grand gamers guild booth and all surround jason and give him a hug
1: so i will yeah i'll never be at that booth so (laughs) that's my plan is i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll do my vendor stuff like going through the vendor hall I'll just pick times where I feel more comfortable doing it. There are certainly times where it's busier and less busy. Yeah. Um, the first day I may just completely skip it just yeah. because, and we also still don't have a hotel room for, for that. Man. So yeah, that's, gonna have that's to a hard just, one. We're going to have to just stay outside of the city. I think somewhere. Um, well,
0: it seems like you've got a couple of things planned that, uh, you know, on my side, I, 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 the gathering was the last convention. I right. think yep. I may go to PAX Unplugged in December. As you all know, right. I have a, a baby number 2 on the way in mm-hmm. July. And I don't think I've said this, but it's going to be a girl.
1: Oh, congrats. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah,
0: so so that's exciting. Um and and uh I that was kind of the whole thing with get, being so worked up with the gathering, working so much and and yep. after the yep. gathering, I just kind of took a break. It's okay to yep. take a break, and yep. I have not been doing... It's good to sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I have obviously my brain, so had some ideas and stuff like that. But honestly, if I'm going to be working on any games, I want to work on the games that I've already started um, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, I'm one of those that uh, I get a new idea, I start working on it, and then things fall off. Um, but I've been really excited about working on, on other games that I've just kind of left hanging um mm-hmm. so so that's going to be a lot of my rest of the year and i have a game coming out i think a gen con dulce from from stronghold yeah. games and so I, I you know i'm, I'm obviously going to miss that but i think they'll still have it of course at Packs uh, pax unplugged and mm-hmm. uh peanut butter belly time i think they're going to get a booth at pax unplugged and and they are a peanut butter company so they'll have peanut butter to sell i think as well so that'll be interesting i'm
1: down for that i will buy some pe- I love peanut butter
0: well you gotta check nerdy nuts the website yes. they do some crazy stuff there um so, so that'll be exciting but um i you know i and at this point i know we've kind of uh, we're we're almost at the tail end of it but i want to talk about my other game that's kind of been announced and uh, which is uh boriken mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. let's just yeah. go up
0: let's just go on to the pitch so let's do it uh, about two weeks ago, the P500 for mm-hmm. Boriken went live. as Boriken the Taino Resistance. And then I talked about this in the past. Uh, Boriken was the game that I designed for the Zenobia Award, which was mm-hmm. uh, uh, our award designed for uh, people of underrepresented cultures uh, to design games based on uh, a historical game uh, with those cultures. Um, and it was a great experience. You know, it happened when I, my first son was born. And, um, and I, I didn't have a lot of time, but I spent my time doing that game. And the, the game was signed by GMT. And GMT does a very interesting system when it comes to publishing their games. And essentially what that means is that early on, all the development that happened before the P500 was between their developer and myself. Um, and there was no art to be done uh, and nothing on the rules, just kind of development to take it to a point where they were comfortable putting it on the P500. Mm-hmm. And the P500 essentially is a pre-order system that right. people, once people pre-order, if it, once there's 500 pre-orders, the game is going to get published. Right. So some games have been in P500 state for months or even a a year or two so it's not like a kickstarter where there's a specific limit it's just there until it reaches the 500 and then it gets published Mm -hmm. so in the first 10 days i think i'm currently the game is currently like a hundred almost 200 pre-orders um nice. 200 and 500 right so but it has been slowing down uh, obviously it's it's a niche game right it's a historical mm-hmm. game based on a on a culture that's that people not many people know about and that's the whole point
1: But could learn about if they Ex- bought the game
0: <laughs> exactly exactly so if it's something i'm gonna pitch the game right now if it's something that interests you make sure to check it out uh but uh boriken is uh, a game set in the before the Spanish arrival in the island of Boricam, which is current-day Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. uh, and then during their arrival and after the arrival. The reason I say that is because the game is separated into three... There's three different games in one. Um, And the reason why I wanted to do that is because you are representing, from the point of view of the Taino people, which was the native in the island at the time. Right, Um, right. And the the I said there's three games because the first game is a competitive game between uh cacique leaders, which are the village chiefs, uh, and you're 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 settling the island. And originally the the natives that came into island came from different cultures native cultures that ultimately Mm -hmm. became the taino people and of course this happened in hundreds of years but this is a game that you're going to be doing that and this is pre-1493 uh before the the discovery um and and then the second one is going to be 1493 to 1511 which is the initial uh, uh entrance of the, of the Spanish and the Conquistadors right, and it right. turns into a cooperative game in which you are having to deal with this new uh, uh, character on the field and mm-hmm. of course what this means is that uh, there, the, there's an objective system that you're trying to complete objectives that it's a deck of cards that you draw a couple and that's for that game but it can be different every game and you're trying to do it before you lose control of the island um, mm-hmm. because that's going to happen you just Get, gonna make sure to complete the objectives before it happens. Um, and then the last one is actually a survival game. Uh, because <clears throat> after 1511, there was a couple of big battles that, and and of course, when the Spanish came, a lot of disease wiped out a lot of the population right. of the Taino right. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before their arrival, there were around 50,000 uh, natives, and in 40 years there was less than 500. That's, you know, and I mean. that's, of course, disease was a big one, right. but they're, you know, the encomienda system and, of course, the the ones that died fighting uh, mm-hmm. because they didn't want to be turned into uh, the Catholicism and all that. Um, and... Uh, this, the third one is essentially a, a survival game in which the, you, you've lost control of the island. And you're trying to re- regain control of certain sections and escape through those sections before the end of the game. And, of course, in this one, there's different ways of losing the game. Of course, if you lose all your Tainos, you lose the game. If you lose complete control of the island, as in there's no place to, to uh, grow, your your Mm -hmm. culture anymore you lose the island so then this in this uh uh cooperative because it's still cooperative one uh there's a lot of ways to lose and only one way to win while in the other cooperative one there's many ways to win and and only one way to lose um so it's it's a three game system that if you can actually play them in a campaign um where the first one, you know, the whole settling and 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 discovering the island, whatever happens there affects the second one. That was, was going
1: to be my question. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And whatever happens in the second one affects the third one. But you can play them individually, and each one plays about forty-five minutes to an hour and a half. Uh, so you
1: could play them. You could play them like a, um, like a uh, campaign, like you said. Uh, thinking of like a, um, my gosh, I just forgot the word it's late um for legacy like a, um, legacy game. legacy game i would have kept wanting to say a relic game and i'm like that's <laughs> not the word i'm looking for. like a, so you can play it like a legacy game but you don't have to do that so you don't have to do that all at once you can play one session the next session the next session
0: yeah yeah it, it's more of a campaign right because legacy means that it changes and you can't do anything about it right, right uh right. There, there's no destroying anything here so it's a campaign it could be a campaign or you can just play them individually uh it, however you want
1: Oh so you could actually to just say hey tonight we feel like playing the cooperative game and just play that yep, instead of Yep. Oh that's nice. I like that. That's really smart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so the game is currently on P5 on the P500 page for GMT games. And their their P five hundred price is fifty six dollars. And hopefully, you know, once the game reaches five hundred and they, you know, they publish it, the game is Mm -hmm. gonna be eighty dollars, which is you know, it's Oh
1: wow, so that's a good yeah, good reason to get it (laughs) earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um and and it is interesting because they do all their manufacturing in-house. Um
1: Oh wow.
0: Yeah. That's uh,
1: not something you hear about very often. Yeah, yeah. Other than that.
0: Yeah, so they're very limited on the on the I guess the components used and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. they do really good quality uh, games, as you know. They've at this point, I think they've published over five hundred games, um, oh, wow. so they they know what they're doing. Wow. And of course, all of them are are or most of them are historically linked. Um, so so it's something that i um, I've been really excited to be working with them. And mm-hmm. and once that reaches the five hundred, they're gonna be hiring uh, uh, artists that is. Uh, there's actually a Taíno con- council in Puerto Rico that is linked oh, to that fantastic. council, and having cultural consultants that's to that. Great. So that's 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 really exciting, and it's just you know whenever it gets there. But any anybody yeah. that wants to support, please do so.
1: And fifty six bucks for three games really yeah. is that's a pretty good pretty good deal. You know, it's less than twenty bucks a game.
0: Yeah, is, yeah, and again, uh, it, it is it is something that for me, I'm I'm really proud of, especially because it is teaching something about the 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 historical reference of puerto rico that Mm -hmm. nothing that has been done in the past so far
1: right yeah you should be proud of it i mean that's that's a really good thing man like that's yeah i think that's really great
0: thank you sir Um,
1: yeah no and i wish you luck with it i hope that uh hope that gets to 500 i'm sure it will eventually right um we'll just keep plugging it until people do we will not shut up about it until you get it to 500 (laughs) builders come on (laughs)
0: Sounds good to me. Sounds good yeah, to me. Yeah,
1: right? She get you on some other podcasts so you can talk about it there too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. At this one I had a I think two interviews. I got one on Saturday and I got a, a one next week. So there's 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 definitely some people that are interested especially on the Puerto Rico side. I think mm-hmm. it definitely I I want it to really pick up over there, right? Because it could essentially be a very good learning tool in the in yeah. the Puerto Rican culture. Uh, because a lot of the official um history there is based on you know spanish recollection uh, mm-hmm. which is fine but i think there's a point of view from the taino that that is shouldn't be missed
1: uh yeah yeah it's their history too and it's their country and yeah so yeah 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 i agree
0: so oh. I, it's been it's been a good one, and uh, hopefully the builders enjoy us talking about what's been going on and what's gonna go on. And and I wish you the best at Gateway to the West. And, thank you, thank you, and everything that you've got going on. So and
1: I wish you the best with taking a break for a little bit, <laughs> waiting for that baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm just going to be working on the little projects that I have to get mm-hmm. done. Um, and of course, you know, I I always have to get my design work between right, here right, and there. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's hard not to, right? It's hard not to. You can tell yourself you're not going to work on anything, but it, it's tough.
0: Especially when to that when that laser cutter comes in. I, I need an excuse <laughs> you, but... Yeah.
1: <laughs> we design games specifically things that you can laser cut. I like it. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, yeah, Builders, I hope you really enjoyed this. This was fun for us. And uh, let us know your feelings about episodes like this because uh, do you want to hear them more often? Do you want to hear them less often? Uh, let us know because we like being able to catch up with things like this. And, you know, we... You don't want to keep in that documentary style and, and keep you all updated on what's going on. So but uh thanks again for hanging out with us. If you want to get in touch with us, you can of course find us at buildinggamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to our awesome Discord channel. Um, you can of course email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter at podcastbt at Slingerland at Who Nasaru. And of course, we ask that you keep coming back every week, and we'll hopefully see you next week. But until then, good night. Buenas noches. The game.